Hey, hey, Shredding fans, I'm back, which means Shredding for Gold podcast is back as well. Um, first off, just want to say thank you for all who are listening into this episode and this podcast. Um, if you're new here, um, my name is Emily Trepanier. I am the host of Shredding for Gold podcast. And this is going to be episode 14 of the Shredding for Gold podcast. Uh, So if you're new here, um, feel free to check out the podcast's website at www.shreddingforgold.com. On that website, you can find a little bit more about what this podcast is about. You can also listen to all the previous episodes and this episode as well. And you can also subscribe so that you never miss an episode. When a new one comes out, you'll get notified. Also, be sure to leave a rating and review the podcast so we know how we're doing. And so if we need need to change anything or if you like what you hear on the show, let us know. We love to hear from you. Also... Um, if you have uh, an assistant such as like Google or Alexa or anyone else, uh, you can always ask your assistant to play the Shredding for Gold podcast and they'll play it for you. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Spotify now. That's just a new one that we just got onto. And and so, yeah, we're in multiple places for you to check out the podcast and listen to. So feel free to listen. And remember, rate, review, and subscribe to the Shredding for Gold podcast. Um, So, yeah, episode 14 of the Shredding for Gold podcast. Here we are. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying whatever you have been doing lately. Um, For me, it has been busy and very exciting because it is the winter season and so I am back on snow uh training hard and having lots of fun and working hard so um this episode we're going to um chat about uh I thought it would be fun to look at the differences between uh training on a hill versus training on a mountain because to believe it or not there are some differences and I I knew there was going to be some differences but um some of the things I I didn't realize until I was actually like full-time training on the mountains so um I thought it would be fun to just dive into that and chat a little bit about some of the differences that I've been experiencing. Um, So that's what this podcast is going to be all about. Um, Before we dive into that, though, I just want to let you know that uh, training is going well. Um, We are meshing nicely. The new new team is meshing nicely. Uh, I plan to do an episode coming up um, where I talk more about that. And also work, and also we're going to be doing a podcast where I interview my new guide, Isaac, and so you guys will get to meet Isaac, and 
I'm also hoping that I can do um, an episode for you guys to meet my a few of my coaches that have been that I had that are new to the team. Um, so yeah, um, that's all coming up in future podcasts. But right now we're gonna dive right into the uh, topic at hand, which is uh, hill shredding versus mountain shredding. So obviously, the ma- the big difference is. Uh, shredding down a hill versus a mountain, the size is, like, I would say, like, the biggest obvious difference. Um, so, in Ontario, I, w- I trained on hills. So, um, they were smaller, still great hills to train on, but definitely on a smaller scale uh, training on. Uh, out west here, it's mountain training so like think of a hill but like double the size or triple the size or in some in some cases like quadruple the size uh and in some cases more um so yeah size difference definitely a difference um which one do i prefer more well honestly uh they both have positives and negatives um i i i wouldn't be able to say which one I like more. Um, uh, I I honestly wouldn't be able to say. I think if I had to like absolutely choose, I'd probably say I like the mountains a little bit more, only for the simple fact that um, there's more like terrain. Um, it's long, like it's longer. The the runs are. Um, longer but honestly riding on hills like training and riding on hills back in Ontario that was fun too Um, and that's 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 where I began so it's it's it it was it was amazing right so uh, training on mountains just is like a whole new level of training right so um, they both are great Um, I'm not gonna say I didn't like I haven't liked either of them um, because honestly they're both great um, so I can't really fully decide but if I had to choose one I'd probably say mountains um, and uh, I, I don't know like it's they're both great um, um, but so yeah major difference right off the bat I would say size that is a major difference um, another major difference that um that may not um possibly be um as um i don't like as um uh, noticeable um on a hill versus a mountain is the amount of area like the amount of area and uh, on like the hill versus the mountain that you can ride on so on a hill you do have like um you do have like different areas of the hill so you can go down the one side of the hill and go down the other but it's often like compacted together in like a smaller area um so it doesn't you don't super notice it you do notice it but it's not as noticeable on a hill versus on a mountain um it's again it's larger scale so 
you can ride down the one side of the mountain and then ride down the next, but often you have to take uh, either a run to get to the other side or a few different chairlifts to get to the other side. Um, and so that's been, that's been, a, a, that's definitely a difference between a hill and a mountain that I'm getting used to. Um, and I mean, I had experience with that before, like before I fully started training on mountains, because I had done race camps uh, a few years prior to moving out here on actual mountains. So I had some experience there, but now that I'm exclusively training on a mountain, I'm definitely getting more of that experience um, now uh, versus when I was riding on hills and just like going to a few different race camps a year to go to the mountains. Um, that's that's what we're doing now. So that's been a, that's been a difference for sure. Um, and so oftentimes to get to the other side of the mountain, it's going down a run and then taking up another chairlift, like a different chairlift to get to another, the next side, or taking the same chairlift and then going down a different run to get across to the other side, um, and then taking up a chairlift to get up um, to the other side of the mountain. So uh, it's a bit more like, I, I think there's a few more extra steps in order to get like to the other side versus on a hill, you just like, you'd go up a chairlift and there'd be like multiple runs around you and so it you could either go one way up the chairlift and get to the one side of the, the the hill and run or go on like the other way off the chairlift and get to the another side of the mountain so um definitely like again it goes back to the sides of the mountain it's hills are going to be smaller scale um and then obviously mountains are going to be uh higher scale um, so that's been a, that's been a cool difference to like play, like to learn more about. And, uh, my next point, I'm going to wait until a little bit long, more until I just got a few things more before I go back to this point, but, um, uh, we'll get there. Um, so another difference between hill riding and mountain riding is the importance of what's called a blocker. Um, so because I am legally blind and riding down a mountain at nearly 30 kilometers per hour, uh, sometimes in some cases more and some cases less. Um, so I do have a guide that's always with me, um, when I'm snowboarding down the mountain and then something else because it's a mountain and uh, they, they call them blockers. Um, so on the hill, um, it was a bit uh, like it was a bit of a consideration to have a blocker, but we could get away without having a blocker because again, smaller skill and the runs, like it was smaller scale versus on a mountain, which is larger. All comes back to size, folks. <laughs> but on the mountain, it's become very apparent the importance of having a blocker. So you're probably wondering, what in the world is a blocker? Well, I'm about to tell you this. 
Um, so, but first, before I tell you, I have to tell you. So, I have a guide who's always with me down, going down the hill. And basically, the guide is in charge of making sure I get safely down the hill by communicating with me and giving me specific verbal instructions so that we can ride, I can ride safely and I know where I am on the hill and how to get down the hill. Um, so the, the guide is basically, think of the guide as my eyes. So the guide is basically my eyes getting down the mountain. Um, without a guide, uh, it would just be me and well, that would probably turn out very bad, especially, <laughs> um, I'd probably like land in a tree or like fall off a fence, like fall through a fence or fall off a cliff. <laughs> so yeah, you don't want to have a rogue blind snowboarder going down the mountain on their own. Cause yeah, that's just not safe and yeah, that would not be good. Um, so yeah, guide is like, the guide is in charge of being my eyes. So it's totally up, like I rely heavily on my guide to make sure that I'm staying safe and getting down the mountain, uh, the run safely. So that's what a guide is. Um, the coach, um, oversees, um, sort of oversees the like racing, like all like my training and stuff. So they will give like tips. They will give tricks. They'll give like things that we can work on. Um, and then it's up to my guide and I to work out what they're telling me. And so that we can replicate it on the mountain. So they're kind of like, they're kind of like, if you will, like supervisors for the race, like supervisors for us athletes. They're not, I don't know. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I exactly call them supervisors, but they're kind of like that. Um, they're kind of like in charge of overseeing all what's all of my training and stuff. So, and then blockers, um, amazing, amazing, fearless people that the blockers are. So the blockers are basically, they're another safety for me as I'm riding down the mountains. Um, because the mountain is such a large place and you can like, there'll be people coming out of like multiple different areas and ways and stuff. So because my guide is, has to be so like super focused on making sure I get down the run safely, it's very hard for the guide to um, not only guide me down the mountain, but also be watching out for um, people um, who like fly past me or who are about to nearly run into me. Obviously, my guides are watching out for that, but ultimately, it's the um, it's the blocker, uh, the it's the blocker who is um, because they're the blocker isn't guiding me. They they're solely focused on uh, keeping distance between myself and others around me. So. Um, that's kind of the, that's the blocker's job. And so, um, if someone does come really close to me, um, they will intercept, they will intercept that person and, uh, block them or block me so that it's like a person in between myself and whoever is about to 
potentially run into me. So, um, blockers, we use them, we definitely use them on the hill, especially when I was first starting out as a snowboarder. Um, I, like, when I first started out snowboarding, I definitely preferred having two people on snow with me while we were going down the hills. Um, as I started to, like, um, as I started to improve and advance in my snowboarding, um, uh, although I still preferred having two people going down the hill with me, it wasn't a major, major issue having only one person with me. Obviously, the preference would be to have two, but, um, definitely, um, sometimes we would ride with only one, like, myself and my guide, uh, guide would only, um, ride down the hills. But on the mountains, uh, there's a definite need to have blockers, um, because again, going back to the, the large scale of the mountain versus the hill, there's so many, like, places where people can come out of that, that it's, it, it's just, could, could potentially get, uh, go south rather quickly. So, um, very thankful to have blockers with us. Um, sometimes we have one blocker with us, sometimes we have two, uh, just depends. Uh, and, uh, definitely like these, my blockers are fearless people who just, who are there, um, making sure and helping make sure that I stay safe down the hill while I'm flying down the hill at a speed of light. So, uh, big shout out to my guides, coaches, and my blockers for, um, tag teaming and making sure that I'm staying safe on the mountains. And apologies if, um, I give you guys a bit of, like, heart attacks on and off. Um, it just comes with coaching a blind athlete. But, um, yeah. So that's, that's another big difference between hill riding and mountain riding is the need to have a blocker um, on a mountain is definitely like um, definitely a, a difference between uh, hill riding that I've experienced thus far. Um, another difference: um, the weather, like weather, plays uh, a big role. Um, it played a role on the hills for sure, but it's played an even and you know, I guess it's a similar role on the mountains, but like in a bigger scale. So, um, because we are training in the mountains, we're like actually in the mountains training, um, weather in the mainland is and can be different than weather in the mountains. So sometimes if it's cloudy in the mainland, you have to be really cognizant about if it's going to be how low the clouds are going to be in the mountains and if there's going to be any fog because there's going to be lower mount like lower clouds and fog it's going to be harder for my guide to be able to see and see properly enough to like guide me safely down the mountain so that's something that um 
we've just like I've discovered with like mountain riding versus hill riding um we would on the hills like we would ride on the hills um we would ride through snowstorms uh sometimes and like um I think it was because it's like such a like a smaller scale again it wasn't it didn't or it didn't appear to be uh an issue from uh, the gods but again this was a smaller scale and this was it probably the I don't think it ever got as foggy as it does on the mountains um um I'm sure it did get foggy on the hills but I don't think it's like the same amount of fogginess um that you would find on a mountain versus a hill so that's um the weather is definitely something that we are watching even more closely um on the mountains uh i mean we watched it closely on the hills as well um i mean we wouldn't go out there if it was raining or whatever because then the hill would be like an ice hill of death (laughs) um but yeah we definitely did watch the weather on the hills but it's definitely like super important to be watching the weather on the mountains especially if it's like forecasted to be a cloudy day um then you have to really make sure that um if it's going to be cloudy will you be able to see um sometimes it's fine like it's sometimes it's fine but if there's like any sort of like fog that could roll in um that could potentially be a bit of a safety issue so um um, it's definitely, the weather is definitely something we are constantly watching, and, um, we've had a little bit of bad luck with weather on Thursday nights, um, just because it's been foggy, um, however, we have, um, had some great weather on Saturdays, um, sometimes it has gotten a bit foggy on Saturdays, but I mean, we just sort of, like, take a little bit slower, and then we just, we're constantly checking in, um, with each other to, like, because obviously the fog doesn't really, like, matter to me, because I don't see anyways, but, um, um, it's important that if my guide can't see, then I, then we definitely will, like, stop or slow down or take a little break on the side of the mountain until, uh, visibility has got, has improved so that he can get us safely, um, down the runs, because, uh, 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 I'm not sure how blinding the blind would work going down a mountain at speeds, um, when it's, like, super foggy, so, I mean, sure, we can make it work, but it's probably not an ideal and safe situation, so, uh, yeah, weather is definitely something that, uh, we have to take a little bit more into consideration when riding down mountains, uh, we did definitely on the hill, as I said, but, um, it's definitely more of a, it's definitely more of a consideration riding on a mountain, um, Another difference between riding on hills and mountains is that there are more, like, uh, obstacles and hazards that I can, uh, uh, run into or fall over on a mountain versus a hill. Um, definitely obstacles on hills, such as, like, trailer poles and fences and trees, but on a mountain, um, a new obstacle that, that I we've discovered, and I had some, like, uh, I had a bit of an intro, like, an introduction to them, uh, going to a few of my race camps, but, um, cliffs, um, believe it or not, there are cliffs on mountains, and 
there are some places where there's no fences and there is like a clip on the one side. So if I were to go uh, one side of the hill too much, one side of the run too much, sorry, not, it's not a hill, it's not a mountain, um, I could potentially uh, be careening down a cliffside, which, um, let's be honest, that would not be good. It'd be very painful. Um, so that's definitely a consideration. Uh, and another big difference between hill riding and mountain riding that we've been working on. So, um, but we have been working on, so we have been working on my like small tighter turns. So like I can ride through, uh, narrow areas. And so we have actually been riding around the, where there are cliff hedges. And so, um, I've given my uh, guides and coaches and blockers a few heart attacks because um, um, I've almost fallen off the cliff a few times. However, it's improving. My, not my, not, it's improving. Like, it's getting better. Um, less heart attacks. Uh, getting to know, um, getting, like, learning some new techniques to help ride through narrow areas. And making sure that I'm not, like, skidding out and causing, uh, and accidentally doing some unplanned cliff diving. So, we've been working on, like, my narrow turns so that I can ride in narrow areas. We've also started working on updating my falling. So, for, uh, uh, especially in, like, narrow areas to figure out, like, best ways to fall in those areas so we definitely like have been working on that and then just like working out some communication to help work through that um uh to help work through getting through the narrow areas um because um it's definitely like um definitely a little bit nerve-wracking like going through the narrow areas but I have like my my guide is always there and then I, we also have the blockers so um, as we've sort of start, gotten to know each other and my guide has learned my, um, um, the way that I ride, he's able to correct and redirect more and more. So he kind of knows, uh, he kind of knows what to watch out for and he knows what to, he's getting to know what he can, like, what he can do to help, like, support me during those um, during those times where it is a little bit more challenging and a bit more narrow. So, um, and then we also have, and now that we know that, um, say for example, when we're going through narrow areas, we will tell like the blockers, um, where to like position themselves and what they can do to help support me getting through the narrow areas. So, um, but I'm happy to report that we are definitely getting, like we're definitely seeing lots of great improvements riding through the narrow areas and it really has forced me to like make smaller tighter turns so um it's a it's a win-win situation honestly um uh and because those narrow turns are will be important for uh races and stuff um they'll be they'll be um super important so um very excited it's definitely like there's definitely nerves like in narrow areas but I'm very proud and very happy that we're doing this so that so I can continue to improve as a snowboarder and a race like as I and improve my racing 
skills as well because those those skills that I'm learning uh, even though it might not seem like it will be like super important as I continue training towards my ultimate goal of getting to the Paralympics so um, very proud um, so yeah that I would say are like ma- the major um, differences between hill riding and mountain riding um, I'm sure I haven't mentioned all of them um, but honestly those are like the major differences that I've noticed thus far uh, and I'll keep you guys updated on other things that I've noticed um, as I continue training on the mountains um, because um, yeah there's definitely differences and they're, they're, it's cool it's great um, it's honestly fun to be riding on the mountains and it's honestly was fun to ride in the on the hills as well um, brand new adventures um, uh, there's lots of brand new adventures uh, riding on a mountain and but it's been fun super super fun and I'm so happy that I'm riding on the mountains and just back to riding uh, and like race training and everything because um, I definitely miss that and yeah so um, before I end off this episode I want to say a huge thank you to a few fellow podcasters who had me on their podcast uh, recently. Um, so big thank you uh, to Justin from the Disenabled podcast who had me on his show. Um, we got to chat a lot about um, just like uh, my goal and my adventures as I continue to work towards the Paralympics. Um, so we will definitely link that episode to the Disenabled podcast where you guys to check out and listen and subscribe to. So, uh, and it's also, it sounds like it's going to be a three-part podcast because we had a really good, we had a really great chat. And so the first part of my episode on his podcast is out. So um, we will link that down in the podcast um, show notes so that you guys can take a listen. And also a big shout out to Robert, who had Darling and I on his part, his podcast, The Relaxed Dog, um, to talk about all things Darling. Um, and so that was really fun to like chat with Robert. And we will definitely link that podcast down below as well. Um, so in that episode, we like they. I introduced Darling and who Darling was and how we got to know, like, how we got to know each other and what, how, like, Darling is, how Darling helps me. Um, so, uh, we'll get that posted as well. And so, big shout-outs to Justin, again, from the Disenabled Podcast and Robert from the Relaxed Dog Podcast, from the Relaxed Dog Podcast, who had us on both of your podcasts. Thank you, guys. And also another shout out, uh, I think I mentioned him before, but another shout out to uh, my friends Brian and Carrie Kajewski for um, helping set up some of my recent, um, uh, some of my, like, helping me set up and get my name out there to get on some of the recent podcasts that I've been on so far. So, uh, and yeah, um, so we're going to end it off here, folks. Feel free to check out the Team Starfish website as well, www.teamstarfish.ca, to follow our 
my adventure as we continue working towards the Paralympics. I'm currently working on a big update for the website, so look forward to that coming very soon. Uh, I'm just doing some uh, finishing touches and then I'll be able to, it'll be released. Um, so yeah, uh, that's all for this week, folks. We'll be back. Uh, thank you. I uh, hope you enjoyed episode 14. We'll shred you later. <laughs>